Hey everyone, it's Nelly here. How are you doing? Oh, today we are joined by award-winning comedian, actor and homo about town, the one and only Tom Ballard. Oh, gorgeous Tom. We talk about when Tom and I met when he was the ripe old age of 14. I was somewhat older. He's early 30s now, so yes, we've made an exception to have him on the podcast, but man, it was worth it. Tom tells us his very moving and somewhat complicated coming-of-age story. Just a little shout-out to Lucy. When you listen to this episode, you'll know what I mean, but well done, Lucy. Tom and I talk about a Dear Nelly dating sex story success. We talk about ageing in the gay community, which seems weird at uh, Tom's age, but it's a thing. We take some wonderful listener calls, one on growing self-awareness and another on how the hell you can tell who and who isn't a lesbian. We end with stupid shit and X is done and he's a 10 butt. This one is a glorious episode with someone that I have literally watched grow up and whom I absolutely adore. This podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. A couple of quick things. Don't forget we've got two live shows coming up, one in Melbourne, one in Sydney, and I will put links to those in the show notes. Also, your listener calls are the best. Chuck out the rest. If you have a question, comment or story to share, please go to NellieThomas.com, follow the links, or there's a link in the show notes below. I promise it's super easy. Take a chance, send me a message, and you might just hear it on an upcoming episode. Last but not least, you know the drill. This is a sex, dating, relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off you fuck. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. All right, welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40, or perhaps <laughs> <laughs> we, may need, <clears throat> uh, we may need to reframe 
the subtitle, we are joined by someone who's a little bit shy of 40. A little bit, a little bit. It is the wonderful, the magnificent. It's Tom Ballard. Hello, Nelly. How do we introduce you? Do we go comedian? Do we go actor? Philanthropist. Philanthropist, activist. Sex symbol. Sex symbol. Voice of a generation. Homo about town. <laughs> Big old buff. <laughs> 33. Introduce me as 33 and make it very clear to everyone that I'm under 40. Thank you. Well, in gay years, in you're gay 40. Years, that's true. I'm gay dead. Um, I reached gay <laughs> death about three years ago, but I'm not yet 40. I'm not married nor divorced, but it's all coming up <laughs> and I can't wait. But you've got firm opinions and you're not a sh- you're not a, like shy to share them. Yeah, I'll let you know what yeah. I think. <laughs> so the reason we've got you on, well, I'll tell the truth. It's because producer Faye is obsessed with you. Oh, get out of here. I'm a fan. <laughs> As well, but I would have waited. Always a pleasure to meet a fan. <laughs> would have waited. Well, let's go back to when we met. Right. You were 15? A tiny baby. I think you were the first year I did class yes. dance, which was 14, so 14. You were 14. 14 years old, from Warnable, doing the class clowns comedy competition. Drove from Warnable to Geelong. Yes. And I... A brilliant young comedian named Nellie Thomas was yeah. there to tell me everything <laughs> about the biz. I wasn't very young. I was like nearly 30. <laughs> but I was your mentor through Class Clowns. Yes. And I had done a lot of Class Clowns. So to be honest, you don't remember everybody. <laughs> but you stood out from the start. Oh. You really do. Now, am I going way? Well, in an interesting way. <laughs> Because I recall you telling a story. Fuck me. Either on stage or off stage, something to do with girls and orgasms. Sure. And me thinking, A, you're 14. Yes. Even if you were straight, there's fucking no way that this rodeo has happened. Yes. B, not sure there's girls involved. Oh, really? You could tell then. Man, you should have told me. (laughs) I would have loved that at that point. 14, mm, 14, I might have had some thoughts about some men, but. Uh, but it hadn't meant much. No, I didn't come out to myself till I was yeah maybe a couple of years later. Yeah. So um, that's funny that you remember that. But, well, oh, since we're God. there, I just, let's... I, whenever I start like to go down the rabbit hole of any kind of material I had in that age, yeah. I I immediately retreat and have do some you alcohol? I found it very very shameful. Yes. Really? What? Tell me. Well, it's just I, again I can't even remember what the jokes were. It's just just a cringy thing when you think of yourself at that age, uh, putting yourself out there. Again, I'm, I'm proud of what I was doing and yeah. blah 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 blah. But uh, yeah, I just I just and can't remember the jokes. Gotten to sure, sure, yes. I yes. mean, to me, that's it's a really interesting thing actually about aging. Even though you are significantly younger, I hope at some point you get to that point where you look back on that and you kind of go, "What I remember is that." Truly, that it's brave to do it. Yes. That you had a watchable quality, right? That's why I remember you. I don't remember the jokes either. Great. But I remember just going, ah, you've got presence. Right. And that's obviously why you've been able to forge a career in this area. I think I just, yes, I loved being on stage. At that point, I'd, be, I'd been doing amateur musical theatre and public yeah. speaking competitions. Amateur musical theatre. You know it. You know it, baby. <laughs> I'd be Zero the- clues. <laughs> There might have been some I signs. I just didn't see it coming. I just didn't. I didn't know. Well, actually, in Waterville, there were lots of straight dudes do musical theatre because there weren't many other yeah, options. Yeah. There was like Alex Dyson and I did musical theatre together. Yeah, um, Yes, but uh, yes. So I loved being on stage. I loved attention. And that, and then whatever confidence that gave me, I suppose, was 
a, a factor in me being on stage early as a stand-up because yes. I think when you're starting out, just not shitting yourself on stage yes. is half the challenge. Yeah, and just owning the stage. Yes. That was my impression because some people, and it's completely understandable because it's a bizarre thing to do. Yes. But some people walk out and you can see the terror. Right. <laughs> Whereas either you covered it well yes. or you didn't have the terror. Right. Yes. And I think that makes everyone in the room feel comfortable. Right. So ta- since we're there, take me back to little Tom. So were you dating at all? At what point did you start dating? No, no dating at all until 18. Yeah. Uh, crush, some pretty intense crushes on girls. I um, wrote a song for a like girl. Like school girls? It's girls you're at school yes, with? Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Look of terror. What did you oh, mean? Yes. What? You were also in school. It's okay. <laughs> You wrote a song. Yeah, we had to move towns a couple of times. Um, (laughs) What are you, a PE teacher? (laughs) So you wrote a song. I wrote a song for a girl called Tani. Oh, Uh, Tani. It's actually quite a pretty song, actually. That's cute. Anyway. um, Can you actually sing? uh, I can vaguely hold a tune. Okay. Yeah, did sing lessons, did musical theatre. I can tell when I'm not singing well, I suppose. Yeah. That's probably the difference. And did you go like... Under her, you know, window with your boombox. She never heard the song, thank God. Okay. No, the song for myself. Uh, and then around, yes, 15, start realising these feelings and thoughts about dudes are not going away at all. And then... So you'd already been having crushes on guys, but just sort of pushing them away? Yeah. I okay. guess it's just like, yes, if you were um, intimate with yourself and that a gentleman would appear on the picture and you go, oh, hello. <laughs> That's you're weird. intimate with yourself. I don't know. You know okay, I mean. Boomer. I do. I thought you'd be with me first, but I'm going to go there. Well, you're rubbing one out. <laughs> and then a gentleman pops in. Hello. Yeah. Oh, what's, what's going on here? This is a weird phase. So do you think your crushes on girls were sort of uh, kind of fantasies of what you were supposed to do? Or no, were they genuine? I think they were pretty sincere. I think when you're, yeah, when the hormones are raging. Yeah. Um, and, and sex is sort of, for a period of time, I reckon year seven, eight, nine is like, is, is yeah. your number one interest. Yeah. It's where almost all your energy and thoughts are going. Because the hormones are new. Yes. Right. So they're, you're not used to them yet. They're flooding your body. Yes. Yes. And you, you're fascinated what all your other friends are up to and like yeah. what's going on in their bodies, what they're thinking about and people yeah. start talking about it. and Yeah. I remember the first time I had a conversation with with other friend guys suggesting that they also masturbated. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is amazing it. to me because this is two, what, 2000s. Yeah. And for, you know, you think we'd been doing, not always adequate, but we'd been doing sex ed by then. It's not like when I was at school and it'd be like, you know, keep your bloody knickers on. Right. Like it should have evolved more yeah. by that point that you'd be able to have a conversation about something as natural as masturbation. What 14-year-old boy's not masturbating? Yes, totally. And I, and I guess, yeah, it would have come up in sex ed, so I guess we acknowledged its existence, but I don't know, there was something. And maybe if you're a closeted gay dude, there's something yes. extra about talking to other yeah. about masturbating. They all think we're, you know, all in a heterosexual environment. Yes. But we're not. <laughs> yeah, turns out. <laughs> and were you and your friends, because I noticed when I was doing sex ed shows, and it would have been around that time with, with people your age, mm. There was, and I did this at school. There was a lot of lying, you know. Yes. There was a lot of, oh yeah, do you know? Fingered this chick down that, and you're like, you haven't even been near her boobs. What <laughs> <laughs> you had a passing glance at her at the Seven Eleven, yeah, and it's evolved into like, was there any embellishment or? 
I don't think so because I think growing up in Warnable, it yeah. would be much harder to lie. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. if you were in the city, you could probably get say, around. oh, on the weekend I met this yeah. crazy lady <laughs> from, from the eastern suburbs. You don't she know She was her. a wildcat. I think she's got a cat in her now. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably stitch up a lie. Like, you, yeah. you know, my cousin Lucy who grew up in Melbourne, she would go to parties and there were people yeah. from other schools there. That's not yeah. how Warnable worked. You, no. you knew everyone. Yes. Um, so if I were to, to try and pass off that I got somewhere with a girl, yeah. she had named her, she would find out very quickly. Very and, quickly. And that would be clarified. You know, it's truly awful because I grew up in a ta- little town, smaller mm. than Warrnambool even. Yeah. And what would actually happen, which is completely shameful, there'd be one or two girls who'd be like earmarked as, oh, you know, the God. town biker or the yeah. hideous terminology that was used then. And I reckon the guys would just say it was them, you know, regardless Brilliant. of it, just to prove that they – you know, were sexual yes. or whatever. Whether it was true or not, I doubt it was true. Mm-hmm. But it was sort of pinned on that kid. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's cheery, isn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> take me to around 15, 16, you start thinking, do you start thinking I might be gay or do you just think this is weird, I'm masturbating and there's like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to think of a reference of point for then. Brad oh, Pitt. Lo- oh. I don't know. Maybe Zac Efron at that point? Zac Efron. It was mainly other dudes at school. Okay. okay. <laughs> much more. Seemed much more attainable. Great. You're much more real. Um, yeah, no, I think I think at that point I start being like, yes, yeah, so this gay thing's not going away. Probably interested in gay culture a little bit more. Yeah. I can't remember when the Queer as Folk came into my life. Yes. But I don't know. I've, I've told this story on stage, but the, the first representation of gay sex I ever saw was an episode of Queer as Folk, yeah. the, this is the American adaptation of the British show, screening late at night on SBS. Yeah, of course. An episode in which um, Emmett, the very camp dude, yeah. is with his much older lover on yeah. a plane. They go into the bathroom. They're having right. anal sex. The old man has a heart attack and dies with his penis in Okay, Emmett's. excellent. So public sex, <laughs> age gap. Death. And death. <laughs> Oh, this is fascinating. Very healthy stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. Very healthy stuff. And did you recognize, I mean, I assume you didn't recognize yourself literally, but did you kind of go, oh, I recognize something here? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think as much as I didn't want it. I think my, my strongest emotion was like, it was probably like, oh, I probably am gay, but I don't want to, I don't want to be. It's just going to be annoying. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder where that, I mean, obviously there's, there's some reasons where that comes from. Yeah. Weirdly, it was like, I want to be an actor. I knew yeah, that. Yeah. And I don't want to be another gay actor <laughs> for whatever reason. But you are. I am. It seems that way. Yeah. So, yes, it was. It was. But then I think eventually admitting it to myself, and then I wrote a letter to my cousin Lucy, which she actually sent to me the other day. She found the letter and sent it to me. And oh, I haven't. Bless. I have not had the strength to read over it, but I'm sure it's very sweet. Yeah. But she was amazing. So you came out to her in a letter. Yes. And how letter. did she handle it? She was lovely. Yeah. She's like, oh, I had some suspicions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so were you worried about. I mean, you said it's a hassle. Were you worried about parents? Were you worried about, oh, well, I won't get acting roles? Like, what was your worry? Or I just want to be quote-unquote normal. Yeah, yeah, normal. Um, uh, I think awkwardness was also probably a pretty big factor. Like, I think probably deep down, I did not think that my parents would throw me out or stop yeah. loving me or anything like that. I don't think I ever really had that fear. It was just the the deep awkwardness yeah. of telling them. And, of course, by the time I did tell them in between then, as well as the musical theatre, I was yeah. in an anti-homophobia group <laughs> called Youth United Making Changes Against Homophobic Attitudes, Let's. which stood for Yumcha as an Yeah, athlete. oh, that's great. So I wasn't out, but I'm yeah. just in this anti-homophobia group yeah. just because yeah. I believe in the cause. And they're like, he's so earnest. <laughs> it's what so a, sweet. What a cool guy. 
What a cool! And how did it go when you told them? Well, I mean, they I came out to them and mum. They said they loved me and that was fine. And they went back and mum bought back a book that she'd bought called My Child is Gay. Oh, so, mum. Yeah, they were a few steps ahead of me, I guess. Oh, that's really sweet. That's when I was 18, I think. So end okay. of high school kind of thing. Yep. And so then, then you moved to Melbourne. <coughs> yes. Right. And so you come into the gay scene. Mm-hmm. You're a fresh little baby from Warrnambool. From the country. Like, what was that like? Straw hanging out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know I got Arseless asked overalls. by a lecturer at uni yes. if we had clocks in my town? <laughs> and I'm not even kidding you. Dude, I arrived, I arrived into Southern Cross Station in Melbourne yeah. from, from Warnable, the V-Line train. And yeah. my cousin Lucy met me with her friend Annie. Yeah. And we got out and Annie, <laughs> Annie like indicated the station. She said, so does this seem really big to you? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it does. And oh. you've heard that again. Yeah. Hey. Oh, my God. So you're 18. Do you think, right, I'm going to go to the Peel, which is a gay nightclub in Melbourne, or do you not know anything about the scene? Like, what are you thinking? Or you're just going, oh, get into comedy Yeah, and something sort of, will happen. Yeah, through comedy. I can't even remember when I sort of started going to – I think I went to Minus 18 events. Oh, yeah. Minus 18, which run events for queer kids under 18. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I dipped my toe a little bit when I came out in that summer when I was yeah. 18. That's when I had my first boyfriend, the other gay yeah. guy in Waterball Jack. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, You found one in – you found another one in the village. <laughs> I found another one and we, it was oh. inevitable. We would be together, yes. Sweet. And he was a nice guy, but we, we did not vlog together. Yep. And so we went to a few events together and then I think I, I started going to IQs on Smith Street. Yeah. I think that might have been my first introduction. Which is for people listening from overseas, like inner city, Melbourne, yep. where there's a lot of sort of queer, less than it used to be, yes. but a lot of sort of <laughs> queer venues. So you kind of going in, were you scared to go in? Yeah. Were you excited? Really, yeah, scared. And I think this is what I sort of started writing about when I started doing stand-up about being gay and coming out was this weird feeling of both not feeling totally at home in the queer community because yeah. I was a country boy who was relatively quote unquote straight acting, an overly femme guy who wasn't mm. necessarily invested in a lot of gay culture stuff necessarily, mm. um, but also obviously not feeling at home in the straight world. So kind mm. of that, that middle ground was because uh, you don't fit the stereotype. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's expanded now, right? Totally. Yes. But at that time, it was still like Mr. Humphreys. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're not very camp. Then you could have a feeling of, or oh, am I really legitimate? Should yeah. I be here? That's yeah. certainly how it felt. Yes, yeah. yeah. I feel like maybe it goes back to my anxiety about being gay. Like I, I guess I just didn't want to be pigeonholed. I didn't want that to be the whole thing of my life. Mm. Which, yeah, might be a level of internalized homophobia. I think the more I think about it, or at least the messages that I was receiving that you know, even if you are gay, that's okay. But that's that's yeah. all you are. That's everything yes. you are as a person. Yes, as opposed to now, where it's like being gay is one part. Yeah. Of, and might be a small part of a conversation and then move on. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm not the first person to say it and I'm sure you, it's occurred to you, but I think some of that homophobia and internalised homophobia is also um, gender-based or misogynist. Like there's a fear, I think, maybe for some gay men of, well, I'll be too feminine. Right. You know, and yeah. well, what's wrong with being feminine? Yes. Well, feminine's not powerful. Right. You know, that kind of – and same, I think, in, in for women. Yeah. I'll be too masculine. I'll be too powerful. Right. You know, oh, wow. or all that sort of stuff. I think that's an area that we all need to reflect on. Yes. I think. There's certainly that um, misogynist attitude towards queer women, right? Like, oh, who are these women who don't need a man? Oh, yeah. Oh, what the fuck's going on there? Oh, no, I wouldn't fuck her. She doesn't want to. 
So we're win-win. <laughs> we're Everyone all on the same happy, page. Keep we're working. all on the same page. So when do you get into your? I mean, you had a boyfriend for a short time. When do you get into your first serious relationship? First serious relationship was with one Josh Thomas, and yes. I only note that because it was quite. It was a public yes. public affair. So Josh Thomas, comedian, also. Comedian? Yes, Tom. Did I teach you nothing? <laughs> you don't shit where you eat, son. Okay, we need that in class clouds as well. Even like, okay, here's how to write a joke, but also here's who not to fuck. In ten years, you're going to meet this guy. He's also going to be a comedian. You're going to stay away. Stay away. Don't load fleety money. You know, yeah. these are the lessons. <laughs> Of being an Australian comedian. <laughs> you were too young for that lesson. Well. So yeah. did you meet at a gig? We did meet at a gig, yes. And I was a fan of his. I think I must have seen him do the Comedy Zone, uh, uh, which is like a showcase show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Which one yeah. of the comedians thought he was very cute. Yeah. He was doing all these jokes about how he wasn't gay. I was going to say, he wasn't out then. No. Yeah. In fact, for the first six or seven months of our relationship, he was not out. Yeah, yes, right. Which was... Difficult. Very difficult, yeah. Yes, but we sort of met. He was just sort of, you know, popping into the scene. He was just about to do um, Talking About Your Generation yeah, and had this legion of fans yes. of teenage girls yes. who liked him very much. And yes. he, did, he did have sex with women and had, had female partners and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yes, when we became very good friends during a Melbourne Comedy Festival and then one night he, he said, oh, you can crash on my couch back at Life Harvard if you Ooh. like. And I was completely <laughs> clueless. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So thanks. he knew you were gay? Yes. Okay. I was, I was banging on about it all the time. Yeah. And um, and then, yes, he kissed me and I was like, oh, goodness gracious. Ooh, hello. Hello. So two things. One, now because you're in the other position in the sense that you have legions of fans – <laughs> What's your view on hooking up with fans? Wow. Um, I, well, I certainly have uh, slept with people who were <laughs> fans of my, or I guess who knew me as, yep. as a public person. I yep. think that's certainly true. I'd be lying if I said that my um, public persona, or at least that feeds into a level of charm though as yeah, related to absolutely it does. I think that's certainly true. I think there are definitely people who have slept with me who might not have done so if I wasn't on the TV sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And do you know from the start cuz I'm interested that your dance cards open to fans cuz it's a different <laughs> relationship, right? Right. Like even though you're very similar on stage and off stage, it's still a heightened version of you and there yep. is something to do with there is some kind of power in that. There is, and I think... Do they tell you straight away, oh, my God, Tom Ballard, or do you sort of find out after? <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes some people like to do the, the negging approach of like, oh, I've never yes. heard of you, yada, 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 and then yes. turns out they have. I'm like, well, why I saw you on that thing, you went very funny. Great, yeah. thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely have found myself in a position where I probably could have uh, slept with someone, but their level... The level of investment they have in the kind of novelty of sleeping with yes. someone on the TV is not very enticing and you're like this is just weird and I, I don't think this is going to work out I'm sorry I went on a date with a woman some time ago who said do you need a red carpet oh <laughs> I'm like no <laughs> I'd like a gin and soda oh. <laughs> and that to me that's a level where you kind of go okay you're actually invested in the image of me yes yes you know rather than because the reality of my life is that majority of it's to do with my kids right you know, it's not fucking radio and stand up and whatever. Yeah, like right. it's it's very family, you know, yes. focused. <laughs> and I'm not that interesting. 
you know. So, I mean, you know, I say that self-deprecating, but my life isn't what it looks like. Yeah, okay. But I can imagine now, even with this podcast, you're so honest and open about relationships and yeah. stuff that, yes, that must be a factor if you are dating people who that's are aware of that. That's true. That is, yes, that's interesting, actually. I I mean, I'm really careful with privacy. Yep. As I think you would be as well. I am much more these days, yes. Yeah. I used to, when I was starting out, it's like, just tell the truth on stage, man, yeah, anything no. that happens. And now it's a bit like, that's actually a little bit rude. I tried to teach you that. You didn't listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am really always aware, maybe too hyper aware of power dynamics. Yeah, okay. You know, so I think if, you know, if I was to sit on here and identify the situation and the person who wanted to roll out the red carpet, well, she's not here. Yep, sure. To kind of go, well, this is what I was thinking. This, what, You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm, I'm conscious of that. Mm. But it's it's an interesting area, mm. I think, to consider for a public figure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, whenever I felt like I was maybe someone was hitting on me because they wanted the story and yes. sleeping with me, I'm like, this that's not cool. Or a conquest. Yes, yes. And some people want, uh, or at least implied that they thought I was going to talk about them in my stand-up, oh, or they totally. wanted me to do that, or yes, whatever. yes, um, yes. Are you going to talk about me on the podcast? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Do you want me to? Want I don't to understand. There, yes. So that's doubly so when you're dating another public figure. Mm. So when you and Josh were together. Was it? So he was not out for the first six months. What's yeah. that like? <laughs> that was a frustration. Yes, we talked about it recently. He just did a series for um, Audible called uh, "How to Be Gay," I think, where we had a conversation about it. And I tried to express that it was, and I think you knew at the time that I was a bit like, "This is not cool." Yeah. You know, I've just I've come out. Mm. Um, it it means a lot to me to be out, uh, and a, mm. and being a secret relationship does feel a little bit. Um, yeah, it just wasn't sort of who I was. Mm. Made me feel, yeah, I was like, I've just gone over a whole bunch of shame stuff and mm. now we're kind of, it feels like I'm back in that space a little bit. I always think of that when, you know, when people are like, I mean, this is the extreme homophobic kind of, why do they have to rub it in your face? Right, and okay. you're like, if you if you actually sat down with some, so my first girlfriend, I was 20 maybe, mm. and she was also closeted and I wasn't. Mm. And it was really... <sighs> Shameful is the only way I can put it. Like mm. every time you pretend they're your flatmate, yeah, or they you're introducing them as a friend, right. or you're what, like you're being told there's something wrong with you. Yeah, there's something wrong with your relationship, and particularly at that age, that lands very deeply. Yeah, I think, and over time, if you're in that for years, I mean, that's a lot of internalized shame. Yeah, and I don't. I feel it's a struggle because it's hard to put on other people. Like you don't know what's going on with other people. Oh, you and can't how they're make them come out. You can't make them come no. out. But if if you are asking someone else to be involved in your mm. charade mm. to to avoid, and I think this is my probably the frustration with Josh is like, well, it was for career reasons because he was still mm. touring material about having sex with women, mm. <laughs> and also mm. he just didn't want the awkward conversation with his family. Yeah, because his brother had already come out at that point. Yeah. So uh, his dad must have had bitchy spam. <laughs> it was fun. Just joke. It was very funny. Um, and I don't know. Part of me does go, well, I'm s- look, I had the awkward conversation. Um, we're adults. The mature thing is to yeah. kind of do it. Um, yeah. And I've had, yeah, I've met a few other people. I met one, one guy once who was very attractive and he was not interested in me. Anyway, but he was, he was not out to his friend. He's like best friend. 
And we his were ha- best friends. Friend. Oh, that's brutal. And we were all hanging out once, and I made, and I guess I briefly forgot that or something, mm. and I just made a reference, mm. and then the friend was like, "What are you talking about?" And oh, I was like, shit. "Oh no, don't worry about it." And it was, I don't know. It was first of all, she, I can't believe that she didn't know. She was probably in love with him as well. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, just stuff like that, but pulling other people into that. Into it. Into that and the amount chicken. of energy you expend with that level of hypervigilance. Yes, yes. And you wouldn't even be aware of it. Yes. Like if you're used to don't say this, don't say that, right. don't, you know, idealise or talk about this gay character or yeah. don't, like there's just so much mental energy right. being expended. When people talk about, oh, it's exhausting to come out all the time, of course it is, but that's more exhausting. Yes. Because then you've got an added layer yeah. of going, something wrong with you, just letting you know, something wrong with you. You can't tell this truth because it's too hard. Yeah. I mean, my boyfriend, uh, now my partner, we've been together for three years, there is a significant person in his life who he has not told that mm. he is well, we are together or mm. that he is gay. And it's so weird because he knows that she'll be fine with it. Mm. Um, from Based on all the stories he tells her about like hanging out with his, <laughs> his housemate, Tom. Yeah. It's just like surely she's figured. I'm positive that. So she you knows. live together. We we do. Yeah, we live together. Then he moved to Cairns for work and stuff. So we live separately and stuff. Yeah, but but she doesn't know. So it's the flatmate sort of thing. Yeah, I guess. So. And the longer that goes on, the harder because yeah, now when he it. tells her, yes. she's like, "What? What the fuck? <laughs> What's this been going on?" Yes. But I mean, it's no hashtag no judgment because I get it. Like we get it. There's different. A little judgment just. I guess it also also my boyfriend is twenty five and this is his first yeah. big relationship. So I do, yeah. And I, I yeah, I hope I'm not becoming this patronizing uh, figure, but a little bit of me is like, oh, that's just growing up, you know. That's yeah, in your twenty. Yeah. And I did the same in my twenties. Yeah. I was avoiding awkward conversations about yeah. lots of different things all the time. Yeah. And I think getting older is just saying you've just got to rip yeah. the bandaid off here yeah. and do it, you know. And you do have to be ready. Yeah, you yeah, have true. to be ready. Yep. So you have this relationship with Josh. How long does that last? About a year and a half. And my recollection is it didn't end well. <laughs> is that it was accurate? You're friends now. We're friends now. We're totally friends now. It it ended badly in that it was my first love, and I, yeah, I was heartbroken. First heartbreak. Yes, we yeah. broke up and then got back to be, together. Yeah, we probably got back together because Josh felt terrible about how sad I was. Right. And then we broke up again. Um, yes, he wrote a show about him coming out called Surprise, which was very, which was um, uh, was a fantastic show. Yeah, and uh, was sort of talking about the story of us getting together. Did you go to the show? I did go to that show when we were oh, still together. Tom. Then he kept touring the show. Then we broke up, and of course, the show, <laughs> the show was about how we broke up and they got back together, oh, and then we broke up again. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> that ruined the dramatic structure of the show. Oh. And then in 2011, I wrote a show about the breakup, in which I was. Very I think sad. that's the one I saw. Yes. <laughs> so did that? Like, how long? Because there's a lot of people listening who are either going through heartbreak, yep. or certainly have been. You don't get to this age without being heartbroken, yep. I don't think. Sure. So, how did you recover from that heartbreak? Because you were like devastated. I was. Yes. Yes. I I feel things pretty strongly, and I've never felt that. Yeah, I, I remember I, I was saw Lawrence Mooney, the comedian, once, and I told him about this, and he says he, his advice was, uh, "You never get over the first one." <laughs> oh, I'm in the depths of depression. He's like, "Yeah, this Jesus. that sucks, and it's gonna feel like that for ages." I don't think that's true. Well, what does it mean to get over it? In that, 
in that um, yeah, time time heals all wounds, yada yada yada. Like mm. it was just a period of, of time of yeah, getting space and realizing mm. that um, it'll always be formative. Yeah, formative. I think that's, that's you know, true. there's no doubt about that, and yes. you probably remember it more. Yeah, because it does feel like your life's over. Yes, and that visceral pain. Yes. But I th- absolutely think you get over it. Well, you clearly yeah. have because yes. you moved on. Yes, you get over yeah. it. I, I think, did he say get over Maybe he meant forget. You never forget the first one. No, he would have said get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did it take you to start healing, do you reckon? Well, I actually found writing that show very cathartic. I know mm. that's not great advice for everybody. Mm. Just write into a stand-up show about your experience. Mm. But that, that really was a way to process mm. all those feelings and people's the way people liked that show Felt like it was tapping like into something universal, and yes, oh, it's heartbreak. Yes, the best thing I've heard when I've been going through heartbreak was, and I can't remember where I heard it, but like go to a supermarket. Yep. Look around. Yep. Guess what? Everyone there's been heartbroken, <laughs> and they're all right. Yeah. Or sit at a train station, <laughs> or what? Like it is a universal experience. Yes, and then the song, you know, the classic. You hear the songs in a whole new way. You're oh, like, oh God, fuck, these really heartbreak do. songs are like actually that actually yeah. I actually know what they're saying. Yes, yes, you actually the lyrics land. Yes, and do you go then? I'm just going to guess. Do you then go through a shall we say dating phase? <laughs> a fuck fest. <laughs> I think the period after that, when I was in Sydney, I was doing Triple J Breakfast, newly single, yeah, um, and feeling a bit better about my myself. We haven't gone. So you're a twenty something year old out gay man on Triple J. Yes, I mean, there's offers. There's offers. Yeah, I didn't quite go the full Michael Tun, but um, (laughs) I certainly had a lot of fun in Sydney at that time. Yes, great. And then, how do you meet your current boyfriend? This so this yeah must be a, yeah a couple of relationships later, but um, I met Harley at the start of 2020 at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. We were both performing um, at the uh, Adelaide Fringe in the same venue. And he's, he's a performer as well. He's a circus acrobat. Yes. Oh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. Yeah, that's the, he's not a comedian at least. No, that's true. Get showbiz in that's, nowhere competing. Yes, actually, maybe that's ideal. It's kind of the dream because you're not in the same pool of performers, yep. but he understands the lifestyle. Yes, very much. Yeah. So. Yep. so you meet him three years. That's a long relationship. It's my longest ever relationship. Yes. Yeah. How's it's, it going? I think it's going well. Yeah. Yeah. What are your strengths? Do you think in a relationship? Wow. Um, I think. I think we really make each other laugh. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think that we're very honest. We've been through some shit. I mean, yeah, we, we met in February, went straight into lockdown. Yeah, I was going to so say. So then intensified all that yeah. relationship, but then also kind of made it weirdly Everyone magical. Everyone else was getting divorced. <laughs> You're like, he's my life raft. <laughs> went one way or the other. Yeah. Then during the second lockdown, 2021, we both went through some pretty intense mental health stuff. Yeah. We've done a little bit of couples therapy to work on stuff. We're now doing long distance. Yeah. So we've been through some shit. Yeah. Um, but I think, yes, through that, we've learned to be very emotionally honest with each other. Mm. I think that's really good. Mm. And we just really, really like hanging out with each other. Yeah. Do you like, and I don't mean Harley, like put him aside, do you like being in a couple? I do. Yeah, I really do. Mm. I mean, look, it's, it's, and I don't want to say it's grass is always greener because that sounds like I'm miserable now. But of course, yes, when you're, when you're single, you think, oh, I really want to be in a relationship. And then sometimes mm. when you're in a relationship, you think, being single was, was good sometimes. Mm. But I think, I think I'm learning that the challenge of the relationship, the stuff that makes a relationship hard is also the thing that makes it worthwhile. Mm. You know what I mean? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a matter of degree. Yeah. How much challenge is there? Right. You know, if there's so much challenge that it's all challenge, yes. then the grass is greener yes. and you should get out. Yes. But you can't be with another human being and not be challenged. Yes, totally. I mean, if you're not being challenged, that's why I asked you about fans before. Right. Because I think that, to me, is the problematic dynamic. May hook up different thing. But a, in a relationship sure. sense, if yep. they're never prepared to challenge you, yes. what's the point? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, then you're just mum then or yep. dad or whatever, right. you know. So it's, you, you, I think it's too much control. Yeah. No, I don't think that's that's the case. No, and Harley takes no shit. He's it's like, great that he had no idea who the fuck I was. Either. I was going to say, <laughs> if he didn't know who you were and also he wouldn't be impressed, <laughs> he wouldn't be razzle-dazzled that you're on stage because he's on stage. Yeah, sure. You know, it's so lovely. Hi everyone, how you doing? It's Nelly here, rudely interrupting the podcast to let you know that we have a live show coming up soon. We're doing Dear Nelly Live After Hours, an extravaganza of talent riffing about hmm, after dark activities. It's on Saturday the 9th of September in the salubrious surrounds of the Brunswick Ballroom in Melbourne. It's going to be an evening show, there'll be drinks, there's dinner options available. The first half will be like the usual demented game show style live show with the incomparable Bev Killick, aka Pussy for Prosecco, the fabulous Adam Richard and one of our favourite guests on the podcast, award-winning comedian Geraldine Hickey. In the second half, I'll do a few musical numbers. Yes, Finger Food will return and Bev will also sing live. There'll be a DJ after for dancing as well. So leave the kids at home. I mean, obviously get a babysitter, but come and kick your heels up on your own or with a group. Everyone is welcome. Ticket links in the show notes or go to nellythomas.com. Can't wait to see you there. You just, <laughs> you just, you just you just just <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll show Vag for Verve. <laughs> now, are you ready for some listener calls? I just saw another one. Yeah. P- Pussy for Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> Balls for beer. I could just keep going. I'll tickle you for toffee. Oh, you would. Yeah, cock for chocolate. <laughs> cock for KFC. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Cock. Oh, oh no. Oh, Nelly, we've got a song. If you think that's not going to be the promo for this episode, you're out of your mind. Um, all right, are you ready for, and this is the bit where you get to call me Boomer, even though I'm not Boomer. <laughs> I've got memes for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love to meet you. found these on Facebook, And it's you? on a printed out sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to start you with some listener feedback. This is completely self-indulgent, but fuck it, it's my podcast. Fuck I'm going to do it. So this lovely woman messaged us at Dear Nelly. So Faye runs our socials, but she sent this on to me. I followed your online dating rules from the last podcast, rewrote my profile, took all different pictures, put up um, put up the top. Please get me off this site, someone. Ooh. Well, I met the most 
Beautiful partner a girl could wish for. Nine months in, we are so in love and in tune with each other. It's ridiculous. I was in my late 50s when we met. Never too old for an adventure and fun. Our life is amazing thanks to you. Whoa. What? huge. How cute is that? (laughs) How cute is that? Is this where you're supposed to say it was all up to you? But go, no, fuck it. It wasn't podcast. No, fuck it. No, it's totally my advice. (laughs) I mean, results may vary. (laughs) (laughs) have you done online dating yes yeah i mean look i've been on grinder which was much more geared around hooking up with other dudes i've been on tinder briefly never got any luck from tinder didn't get any matches everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Um, never, no, we've got any follow through. So it was right. a match and then a hey, hey, yeah, how you going? Yeah, yeah. What are you hey. doing? Hey, do you want to grab a drink? Hey. Yeah. Oh, my God. My awesome. favourite profile, I've said this a million times, but my favourite profile was this woman who put on her profile, no pen pals. <laughs> Girl, I get it. Yes, that's good. Hey. Hey. <laughs> what are you doing? Not much. Well, oh, for fuck's sake. sake. Can we get to the point? <laughs> so there are who hurt some, you? Who, who hurt you? Yeah. How are you broken? Tell me your trauma. <laughs> um, so I love. So we've done a couple of. I mean, obviously we talk about it frequently in the general episodes, but I also did a special, you know, bonus episode on sort of online dating stuff. Yep. The general gist of it is just like choose your photos carefully. Okay. You know, like get someone else to choose them. Sure. Would be my. I don't know about you, but. Even with publicity photos and stuff, I always pick the one that I look slimmest in. Okay. And that's not the one that looks the best. Right. Or it wouldn't convey my personality. There you are, right. Okay. Whereas get a friend to kind of go, that's the one. That's you. That yeah. looks like you. That's good. You still want to look good. Sure. You know, but you it, don't pick it because you look fucking three kilos lighter. Like it's <laughs> it's got to convey your essence. Yeah. And then the other big general rule, no negativity. So you don't lead with no cheaters. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm looking for a monogamous relationship. Yes, yeah. Or whatever. Like, what do you want? Yeah, okay. So, anyway, bless her. All right, you ready? You're ready for the memes. Meme me up, baby. Okay. So, would you consider yourself an empath? Um, what is an empath again? Like someone who's was empathetic? <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a difference between being empathetic okay. and being an empath? <laughs> You're not an empath. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, <laughs> if you're an empath, you fucking know it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So no. But is there a difference between being an empathetic person and being an empath? It feels no. Like I mean, I things. think. Look, it's one of those things. You know, when people go like in a job interview, like, what's your what's your weakness? I just work really work, hard. Yes. Okay. Like, I think so many people say they're empaths when they're not. Okay. But my understanding of being an empath is that you have a real sensitivity to the emotions of others. So that sort of person who – and I think a lot of stand-ups are this because we can walk into a room and kind of go, you're the one who's going to be trouble. Right, yes. And you're the one who's going to like me and I've got to work out which one to play to. I like to think that I've – yes. I think you are. Yes. Maybe you just 
Didn't know the word. Uh, <laughs> so. But no, I think that's got so much baggage, right? When someone says I it am an empath. Oh, it totally does. Get the fuck out of here. So this meme says, the problem with being empathetic is that you feel sorry for assholes too. <laughs> this one resonated with me. Right. How does it hit you? Yes, I think looking at that, some feedback I've got from some people is that um, I like too many people. Sometimes yeah. I've got fun to gossip with because I'm like, well, you know, they might yeah. go through a tough time or you got to see it from their point of view. Which yes. people m- might surprise some people if you're familiar with my very angry political comedy. I do hate the cunts in power, I must say. Yeah. Um, and there are specific people who are the source of my ire and I will have But even them, I would wager if you were sitting in the room with one of them, yes. you'd still be respectful. Well, I've interviewed a few right-wing people for yeah. my podcast and I'm sort of like, oh, I guess I get where you're vaguely coming yeah, from, you are right. Yeah. Particularly if they've got a good sense of humour about themselves. Yes. That, that really, that always gets me. You know who, for me, that is Christopher Pine. Yes. Christopher Pine. Pine. Um, Amanda Vanstone as well. Sorry for overseas listeners. You will not know who I'm talking about. Sure, but sure. both have a great sense of humour and they're not stupid. Right, yes. So even though I don't like their politics, yeah. it's like, I'm like, oh, but I like you. Fuck. Fuck, I'd have dinner with you. Yeah. yeah so right. the thing that struck me about this, and I'm interested in this from your age. I know you can't speak for everyone who's like early 30s, but I reckon this was me in my early 30s, but not now. So I think I sort of accepted because I was so like, invested in understanding why people behaved certain ways. Yes. Then I excused it. Okay. So even though I think empathy is we need more of it mm. and we should be understanding the plight of prisoners and refugees and all yep. the lefty things in a personal sense, yes. it's like actually at the end of the day you just keep behaving like that. Yes. Even if I know why, yep. it's not okay. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do, yes, yes, right. The tension between understanding – the reasons behind people's behaviour and yeah. also expect having expectations of Well, this happened people. to them at yes. this time, so that's why they do this thing. Well, that's great, but you're still fucking doing it. Yes, yes. Am I a punching bag? I don't mean literally. I mean in terms of behaviour. And would you, if you've confronted people about that behaviour, if you've sort of yeah. said, look, this, yeah, yeah, this is the deal? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's that. But when you see that someone is remorseful. Yes, for their behaviour, mm-hmm. again, I think we're in this sort of binary of like, oh, okay, then it's okay then. Right. Rather than go, but you keep doing it. Yes. You know, so where does that leave the the empath on the end of that emotion? Yeah, I think I've certainly gotten to a, a point where, I mean, you can understand why someone's doing something, but you yes. can also realise it's not your responsibility yes. to tolerate or fix that. This is what I'm talking yes. about. Yes, and so, you know, you can have a three strikes policy and sort of say, look, I just can't. Yeah, <clears throat> you've got it. This is something that you need to fix for yourself. Yes, and I'm gonna remove myself from the. Equation. And you're not a terrible person. No, but I can't deal with that. Yes, you know. All right, our next meme. So this is uh, well, this will be out in a few weeks, so it won't be topical by then. But that's all right. If your boyfriend says not to post that bikini pic, ask him if that's the Jonah Hill he wants to die on. Nice <laughs> little wordplay there, Tom. So for listeners comedy. who are not across the Jonah Hill situation, so Jonah Hill, comedian, actor, mm-hmm. his ex-girlfriend has accused him of emotional abuse. She's posted some screenshots of texts mm-hmm. which essentially show him saying, um, I'm paraphrasing, but I don't like you looking like a hot and tight hottie on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like stop wearing your bikinis and blah, blah. She's a surfer. She's a surfer. The interesting part of it is that he's used the language of therapy, yes. i.e. these are my boundaries, yes. 
um, I think, to justify that to himself. Yes. So what's your take on it? Yeah, look, it's it's very painful to watch. I think just last night there was a third tranche of the text oh, just no. released as well. So we got some more. Yes, boundaries comes up. People point out the hypocrisy in that he slid into her DMs after she posted a photo of her surfing. She's a surfer. She's a surfer. He uses the term surfing culture, which should be illegal, of course. <laughs> and he's I haven't seen it, but he made a documentary about his therapist, Stutz, which is on Netflix. Not only have I seen it, I've recommended it <laughs> oh. multiple times and I bought the book after. Yes. So I was not a Jonah Hill fan at all until I watched that. Okay, interesting. Mind you, I'm more a Stutz fan than a Jonah Hill fan. Right. It is brilliant. Okay, right. It is, mind you, didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> Turns out. And is those kind of language we see in those texts the kind of stuff that Stutz is saying, like be honest and set your boundaries? In a no, actually not really. One of the reasons I liked him is because Stutz is basically going, the way that modern therapy's evolved is bullshit. Right. There's not enough skin in the game. Yep. If a depressed guy comes in and tells me he hasn't gotten out of bed for three months, I know how to fix him. I'm going to fucking tell him. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh, thank God. For someone who's been in therapy for as long as I have, I'm right. like... What a relief yeah. to hear someone go, actually, I know how to help you. Yes. Rather than how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? Do you feel? I still feel that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was beautiful. And he, Jonah Hill was really interesting. But I think this is really common. And you and I are both loony lefties from way back. The same thing happens in human rights and advocacy. Mm. It, to me, it's a version of, well, I've got every right to be a bigot. Right. So using the language, yes, okay, progressive language to justify literal bigotry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it, it, the te- the texts are gross and bad. The, the, this is controlling behaviour. He's he's um, yeah projecting a level of ownership over her. Mm. The idea that it's um, a, yes, using that that kind of language to justify that that kind of controlling behaviour, which I think a lot of people pointed out. Yes, there is also a part of me that's kind of like, why why do I know about this? Why yes, you know what absolutely. I mean? Like, I I just um, increasingly as I get older, I'm just like I'm much more like this is none of my business. Yes. Um, and not that I I want to you know discourage anyone, particularly women who are in controlling relationships, mm. from from seeking help or recognizing mm. that and getting help. I guess I just like Jonah Hill's in very dumb movies. He's quite famous, mm. and so now his texts are leaked mm. a, as if there is an expectation that we need to do public accountability for the private correspondence between two people. Is yeah. that fucked up? I don't no, know. no, it's not. I I had exactly the same feeling, and even though. As you know, I've worked in family violence. I'm all for talking about it. Yep. I'm all for being having public conversation. But there is also part of me, if I'm completely honest, where I thought some of the people I've dated could do screenshots and put them on the internet right. and out of context yes. um, or between friends or a friend you've had a falling out with yes. or an ex or whatever, out of context. Like it's a slippery slope, Yeah, this sort of exposure thing. Right. But to me, what's interesting about it is the use of the therapy speak. Right, yes. Because I think if you're in the dating pool now, you're definitely going to come across that. Yeah. The amount of times we get so many listener letters and calls and stuff, and I've been on the receiving end of this, you probably have, Mm. being accused of ghosting. Oh, boy. No, I didn't ghost you. I told you we'd broken up and then I left. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ghosting is we're all fine and then I just fuck off for no reason. Right, yeah. So this sort of weaponization. Yes. Is that's manipulation. Right, yeah. Of that term or even gaslighting or a whole range of things. So to be clear, he said basically you shouldn't wear this. Yeah. 
you shouldn't hang out with these girls because they're a bad influence. Yep. I don't like you seeing other male surfers. Yes. That's her workplace. Yes. Like, there's no doubt these things are shit. Right. They're not boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> like that is controlling behaviour. Yes. And I wonder if he believe if he knows that. Yeah. Can I throw in uh, the validity of feelings too? People say every feeling is valid. Okay? Yeah, so, no, they're okay. not. <laughs> no, they're not. No. I feel like this because sometimes people say, well, this this is how expressing how that makes you feel is yeah. one thing, but sometimes you need to challenge that and say. Of course you do. I mean, yes, if, if I'm sure Harley wouldn't mind. We had, Harley and I had a, a brief blow up in which we had dinner with a friend. I did it with a friend of mine. Um, and Harley came to the dinner. Harley didn't know this guy before. This is another gay man. We're good friends. Nothing's ever happened between us. We we laughed and had like mm. a very good time together. Me and this mm. other friend, because I'd seen him in ages, we were laughing and Harley was kind of mopey and silent. Mm. And then afterwards he was sort of, I was like, are you okay? Like what's mm. the problem? And he's like, oh, well, you guys got along really well. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was a, a sort of a flash of jealousy and stuff mm. and he was expressing that's how he made him feel. Mm. And I sort of had to be like, okay, I'm, I'm hearing that you feel like that. I'm mm. asking you to consider how reasonable it is to feel yeah. that way. This is me hanging out with a friend. I love you. Where's the feeling coming from? Right. Yes. So I wrote an article, I can't remember how long, about five years ago, I think, for The Guardian called Feelings Can Be Wrong. Yep. I've never got so much shit. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the things I've said publicly. This was in relation to parenting, but I completely agree. It's completely taboo to say now. Yes. But the example I would give, and we've had multiple guests on the podcast and I've had this experience you have, where you walk in, let's say you're trying to come out. Yep. And you walk into a gay club and you feel like, no one wants me here. Yep. I don't fit in here. I'm not part of this community. I don't look right. Yep. I don't sound right. That feeling's wrong. Yes. That feeling is coming from um, external baggage. Yes. Internalised homophobia. Yes. A whole range of, it's actually wrong. Yes. And there's so multiple situations in dating. Yes. Where you might go, oh, I feel like I've been ghosted. Yes. Well, that's because they're not talking to you. Yes. But you weren't actually ghosted. Yes. Examining the feel, true yeah. emotional immaturity is yes. examining your feelings, recognizing where they come from, and yes. dealing with them. And it's really helpful too. Yes. Like I've often found myself on the edge of a depression or a funk yeah. or whatever, and then I just take a moment to think about why am I feeling like this? Yes. Where does this come from? And let's write up a pros and cons list as to yep. whether how real this stuff is. Yeah. Challenging your own feelings and, and looking at it from a different perspective. Is this my little shadow in my brain? Yes. I remember getting a really shit review, surprise, surprise, and <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is catastrophic because you mm. put so much money into a show. It was like 2006 or something. Um, when I say catastrophic, it was a three-star review. Like it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even a shit show, but it was not what I wanted. Yes. And then the same day I had a conversation with someone, blah, 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 and they didn't know who Will Anderson was. <laughs> And it was really, it was like a light bulb moment for me of awesome. kind of going, at that time and still, there wouldn't be a more well-known comedian in Australia. Yes. This person doesn't even fucking know who he is, let alone read my review yes. by the bloody car guy in the Herald Sun. <laughs> like, you can centre yourself yes. and feel like yes. this is catastrophic. Then you go, actually, it's probably me, Tom Ballard and three comedians reading that review. <laughs> And they won't buy tickets anyway. And I'm so proud of you bouncing back. <laughs> I mean, I would have killed myself, but honestly. I- <laughs> but same in dating, right? Totally. You can project. Yes. That's different to a gut feeling. Mm. I think that's definitely to be taken seriously if something's right. feeling uncomfortable. Yep. But in terms of, like, you've got to work through that. Yes. Am I just, is this jealousy founded? Right. 
Like, have I actually got any evidence? Yes. Yes. If I really think about this example, rather than the, the one step, which is just, I feel this way, therefore yeah. it's valid and I'm going to share it for just you. Just deal with this it, Tom. Yeah. Just deal with it. Maybe you would cheat it on before. Right. We've all got shit. Yep. Is it actually touching a wound? Right. Then work that through. Yep. Like that's adulting. It's the end of the Will and Grace episode <laughs> where they realise what's actually going oh. on. <laughs> so feelings can be wrong will be the title of this podcast. <laughs> All right, are you ready for some listener calls? Let's do it. Hi, Nelly. I just heard my speak pipe on the Wade and Harley podcast and uh, I was really gratified to hear your comments and your feedback. Um, thank you for the sensitivity and thoughtfulness that you put into my discussion. There's been no further contact. I jump less and less if I see an old model Toyota Land Cruiser. Uh, I haven't seen a domesticated horse float either, uh, so hopefully he's headed back across the Nullarbor. Uh, The one thing (laughs) that still grinds my gears, though, which was discussed by your guests and yourself, was the fact that he just didn't listen. Wade mentioned mental health and you mentioned narcissism, and it's definitely a tick on both those counts. But what I wish I could let go of is my desire to set him straight, you know, to disabuse him of those delusions he has, to develop some self-awareness and accept the blame for the chain of events that, that he set in action. If he'd listened, this might not have been the outcome. But then again, if he thinks menopause, of which I'm 10 years post anyway, can change a woman's mind about a relationship, then he's got some pretty screwed up ideas about women. I hope if anyone encounters him on dating apps, if he hasn't been blocked from more than just Bumble, um, they need to <laughs> be mindful and very, very alert, given that he told me that he was going to get straight back into the gating, dating game, then I think this psychotic sad sack's one to watch out for. I'm fine, wiser, warier, glad to have escaped unharmed. Thank you again. Oh, Tom. So yes, Queen. <laughs> Hello. I'll give you the background okay. because obviously that's some strong language. Yes. Long story short, Medigan, the app's, she lived in Perth. He lived in Queensland. He was like zero to 100. She was like, pull it back, mate. Pull yep. it back. Like, you can't be in love with me after three days. Like, tone it down. Didn't listen. He lived in a horse float. Harley was very quick to say that is not a tiny house. So I'll repeat that on his behalf. <laughs> she is literally continuously saying, you need to tone it down. Like, you, it's too much. It's too much. He's not listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, I'm going to come over to Perth. Okay. Because, like, maybe I can find some work over there. She's pretty much going, don't do that. Okay. She breaks up with him very clearly yes. and goes through that process of, maybe I should have said it better. Mm. But, you know, when you self-doubt. Mm. Then he's just across the Nullarbor sending her selfies. No. Comes to Perth. One night, knocks on her door, 8 o'clock at night with her and her son at home alone Uh. without asking, without permission, nothing. Of course, terrifying. She has to call the police, etc. Yes. Hence her strong language. Yes, fair enough. So... I obviously go back and listen to the Harley and Wade episode if you want that full story. Yep. But what I find really interesting is in that call then is the idea of I just want him to know. Yeah. You know that feeling? Yep. So what do you do with that feeling if you've been in that situation? It could be a friend, could be a family member. You go, why can't they see? Why can't they see? What they did was wrong. I mean, look, there are reasonable steps that one can take to try and express one's uh, experience and try to see things from where people are coming from. But I think the bigger lesson is that you you can't. You, you, can't. you actually need to accept that some people are never going to get it yep. and your happiness or your 
ability to move on from that chapter mm. can't be hung up on or or um, dependent on them doing so. Otherwise, you will live with that until. I day. would stake a kidney on the fact that he's done this before, yeah. and that he will do it again. And how they, do you think he ended up in the horse float? How <laughs> this is like his modus operandi. Yeah, he's not going to suddenly get insight. No. I get the frustration. The reason I actually put in the um, the meme about the empath is because mm. I think that this is a frustration of anyone with emotional intelligence. Right, yes. Because you're like, why can't you see that yep. you frightened me? Yes. Or why can't you see that I told you no multiple times? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Right. It's like when you know how to read and someone can't read and you're like, just read. <laughs> just read. And they can't and they won't. They can't do it. And that works the other way too. Again, when I was heartbroken, I was like, I, surely I can argue my way back into this relationship. Yes. Can't I just make them see yes. and remind them how happy we were at the start? Yes. Or when, yeah, when a guy breaks up with me and I'm like, but he hasn't given me a clear reason why. Yeah. And you just have to say, you're never going to get that answer. No. And it doesn't, no. I mean, obviously it matters to you in an emotional way, but you need to move on, allow it to not matter to you. I think there's very, well, there's two things. There's very few situations in life where there there is a clear answer. Yes. So if someone hurts you, parent, yep. friend, lover, whatever it is, it's not like they can go, well, this happened yep. and therefore I did this. Yes. It's usually I wasn't feeling right or, you know, something yep. more nebulous than that. But also, as you said, you will die waiting for that resolution. Yes. Like part of maturity is to kind of go, regardless, I need to move on. Move on. Like you're not going to teach this dude. Yeah. Like someone who's going to get in a fucking horse float. <laughs> And drive from Queensland to Inaloo, which is a suburb in Perth, yes. is going to drive there and then show up at your door. If they don't know or don't want to know mm. that that behaviour is terrifying, yeah. he's never going to have that insight. No, yeah, you can't. You cannot. Um, you're shouting to the void there. Yeah. Have you ever been stalked? No. I'm going to guess you've never stalked anyone. I've never stalked <laughs> No, I've never stalked anyone. Uh, it's it's absolutely. I have been a couple of times. Yeah, really. And it is absolutely terrifying. I'm sure, it is. And yes. I think it's that thing of like, how do they not know? Yeah. Because when they do manage to find you, which is scary, what mm. happened with her showing up at the door? They're so cavalier about it. Yep. Hey, Tom, do you want to watch a movie? Like nothing's happened. I know. So the disconnect between your experience yes. and their affect yes. is really discombobulating. Yes. Yeah, I think I've had experiences with people who are yes, who um, clear are clearly on a different path or are having a different conversation or doing that thing where they ask you questions mm. and then don't listen for a response oh. and just like, keep talking. Yeah. And, you know, I I mean some of those people I think had to a level of attention deficit disorder or something. Just yeah. are not you know, just not on the see, same page. See, I'm taking you back to the meme. This is why. This is what happened. Like, or maybe they're just as self-involved. Sorry, maybe they're just assholes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, you know, or maybe it doesn't matter. Yes. Why? It doesn't matter. The result is you don't listen to me. Yep. So. Out of, off I fuck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready for another call? Let's do it. I love this one. Dear Nelly. As a later in life lesbian, how do I fine tune my gaydar? Especially finding it challenging when traveling overseas, as the typical, stereotypical physical attributes don't seem to apply. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Tom, you can't tell anymore. <laughs> it's so confusing. Is she gay or just European? <laughs> 
she just German? <laughs> is she just rural? <laughs> she likes a sensible haircut and a good shoe. What's going on? Well, you tell me about it. I mean, you know, I, I came out and moved to Melbourne during the metrosexual craze ah. in which everyone had a fringe. Yeah. And to go to the fucking UK, <laughs> is he gay or English? Yeah. These are questions. He's wayfish. The um, you and I were talking earlier off air about the speed dating I did. Right. And I remember I was really struck when I walked in. It was like a fucking episode of Next Top Model. Right. I'm like, where are all the hot butchers? <laughs> like, what, did they all get rounded up and dropped into Bunnings? <laughs> like, you could. They looked, and I know I'm talking in stereotypes, and I don't care how anyone looks, but everyone looked straight. Yes. So I know what she's talking about. Right. Because if there's not a lesbian bar you can go to yeah. in most cities now. Yeah, yeah. So how the fuck is she supposed to tell? Right. Yeah, I mean, gosh. Give I us mean, your lesbian yeah, knowledge, it might be Tom. A little bit out of my expertise. Would area. you hit on would you hit on a guy not knowing his sexuality? Yes. Yes. I haven't now I'm thinking, have I done that assuming that it, thinking that he was gay or yeah. like genuinely not knowing? Or just genuinely not knowing. I've found myself over the course of a night getting a bit of a vibe from a guy that I thought was straight mm. and then thinking that that might have been something. Has that ever proved fruitful? I'm trying to remember now. I don't think so. It normally ends in awkward heartbreak. Um, in practical terms, I reckon there's ways that you can – Drop in a little tell. Yep. And see how they react. Yep. Sure. So I was in a restaurant recently, for example, and I was not trying to pick the waitress up, but mm. we were just sort of sussing each other out and we were chatting. And I went, Have you watched Queer Ultimatum? Which was this terrible dating show that was on Netflix at the time. She's like, Yes. And we both start chatting. And I think in that in our caller situation, yes. if you say have you watched Queer Ultimatum and they go, I don't not that they have to have watched it, yes. but you can ascertain from their reaction yes. whether they're freaked out by that question. Right, right. Oh, I wanted there's gotta be similar questions that one could ask. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. But I think, you know, also you know, more and more people aren't necessarily identifying either way or some people yeah, that, totally. yeah, are just kind of who they are. I mean, it's interesting. Is there a difference between hitting on someone uh, or trying to determine whether they're gay and also trying to determine whether or not they're into you? Yes. Because that's the worst, finding out they're gay. That Multiple <laughs> levels. There's mo- But this is the truth, right? This is actually what's happening. Yes. There's, you're negotiating multiple things at the same time. Yep. Are you queer? Are you single? Yes. Are you attracted to me? Yes. That's a lot. That's a lot there. In That's one conversation. Yes. Um, I mean, being – because let's name the elephant in the room. There's safety issues. Yeah, sure. But I think particularly for gay men yeah. or for queer men, mm-hmm. there are situations where you would hit on a straight man and you could be you could be hurt. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I think that's probably less the case with women, but it's not that it's not there. Yep. You could certainly be abused. Yeah. So I get what she's saying. Yeah, true. But I think the only advice I've got is to drop hints and see how if they pick them up. Yeah, that, that's yes. And short of serious uh, safety concerns. I mean, awkwardness is also part of dating and flirting. Oh, totally. So it's, it is going to happen. There was a guy in uh, England a few years ago, it was at the Edinburgh Festival, and this guy, he was one of the campus people I've ever met. Yeah. And he, and was, he straight. was straight. He was straight. Yeah. And and I don't yeah. think that was like, a you know, the typical things like, yeah, sure you yeah. are, or let's wait it out. But I'm like, yeah. he was... Totally across who he was. Yeah. He was obviously asked that question a lot. Yeah. 
he gave no impression that he was in a situation in which him coming out would be a problem. Yeah. He's just like, I love women. Just really this can. This is who I am, yeah. The so. equivalent is the Bunnings Butch. Right. And they are normally like suburban mums yes. who like a cheap haircut and Crocs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they just sensible. Right. It's a class issue. Yes, true. You know, it's not a signal. Right. So I reckon, yeah, have the conversation. Always in dating, you've got to be prepared for rejection. Yep. For whatever the reason is. Totally, yes. The most um, confusing bit, I think, is when they're giving mixed signals. Right, yep. If they're not sure, if they're interested, but mm. they're not sure how they feel about being interested, call her, just walk away. Yeah. That's a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Let them work that out before they start getting up in your grill. Sure. Um, and obviously go to queer events. Yes. I think if you, you know, particularly if you're coming out later in life, if you don't have that community, mm. There's so many now. You're not on Facebook, I'm sure. Well, you kind of are, but you know. Our caller will be on Facebook. Yes. Find the groups. Yes. You know, join the choir, go to the bloody afternoon tea, whatever yes. the fuck the events are, <laughs> and then you know you're in a safe space. True. Doesn't mean they're going to say yes. Yes. But at least you don't have that question. Yeah. All right, are you ready to finish up with my two favourite favorite segments? No shade on my ex, but obviously shade. Obviously shade. And he's a ten but. <laughs> right, so what's a stupid thing an ex has done? My first boyfriend had this just delightful... Jack? This is Jack, yes. Who again? Is it Hi, nice Jack. Guy? Hi, Jack. I'm sure he listens. <laughs> when he got drunk, he would bite me. Oh, in a sexy way or just like a... I think he thought it was mildly sexy. And this isn't even in the bedroom. This is like at the party. He's drunk and oh, he'd no. bite me and he thought it was a funny joke. Oh. And once it was like, oh, yeah, okay. Funny. And then he kept doing it and would not listen to my uh, repeater requests to not bite me, please. Now, I'm not making this equivalent to our very serious call. Yes. But there's something... Listen to me. Listen. That's all I want. I said I don't like it. Yes. Stop doing it. Stop now, please. It's not funny yeah. and it's not hot. Yeah. Bad. So did you actually have to then get like, you know, principal ballard about it? <laughs> I remember I remember that party in, in my head when he was doing that. I was like, this is not, this is the beginning of the end. I, mm. can't, I can't keep this up. And we weren't, again, we were we were thrown together by the nature of being yes. two guys in a country town. Many guys in the village. Very different people. Do you do PDA? Public displays of affection. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you have like a full pash? Yes, I have definitely done that. At a dinner party? <laughs> What's the line? <laughs> Context depends on things. Because I watch the Kardashians, yes. which I'm happy to admit, and Courtney and Travis, like it grosses me out. Like I'm, I don't mind a bit of PDA. Right. But we're talking they lick each other's tongues at the dinner party party or the dinner table with their fucking kids there yeah but that's there's also the cameras there there's also but they seem to do it continuously and mm. i'm just like i come all for sex positivity yes but no one wants to see their mum and stepdad <laughs> fucking making out 24 <laughs> 7 yes no. i wouldn't want someone biting me at a party no it was and it was just drunk and cheeky thing and I guess there's a line of like you know if you were tickling someone and then yeah. you're kind of like oh, it's cheeky yeah. or you don't like it but you do kind of like yeah. it I can understand why that might have, again empathy yeah. I understand why he might have thought that was a vibe but I was just like no this is fucking annoying please stop can I also put my respectful relationships hat on and go do not let adults tickle children <laughs> that don't want to be tickled and I'm quite serious okay yes it's yep. like an early learning about 
consent and boundaries. Right. Or making children kiss relatives they don't want to. Okay. Or yes. hug or yes. whatever. Like respect the boundary. Yep. That's not to say that relatives are perv. Yep. But it's about letting the kid know you're allowed to say no to any physical contact. Yes. And that includes if it's quote unquote funny. Yeah, right. Do you remember on Big Brother when the, there was the teabagging incident? Where a guy put yes. his testicles on a girl's face while the other guys held her down, and yes. then they went, "But it's funny, but it's, it's funny. funny." Yes, yeah, yes, that, that's not funny for her. Nope. Right. So it's that clear thing, and that's at the extreme end. But tickling when someone's going no, 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 yep. is actually an early version of that. Right. Interesting. They're like, no. Yes. And show model to them. Yes. No, I don't like that. Yep. You stop that, please. Stop now. And you might have to throw an elbow. <laughs> you know, because re- older relatives, I think, just see that as harmless. Right, yeah. Whereas, actually, I think you're teaching a really poor lesson to that kid mm. about their bodily autonomy. Yeah, there was a right-wing commentator in the UK who was furious because, you know, wokeness has gone mad and his son came home and I think he went to kiss his son goodnight and his son was like, oh, you should ask me if you want to do that. Yeah. And he was like, what What are they teaching my <laughs> kids at these schools? It's like, I'm his father. It's like, oh, yeah, no father has ever yeah. sexually oh, inappropriately touched his children. But also you're teaching him not about you, about the future. Yes. Like you know your intent. Yes. You know that it's not sexual. Yes. You know that you're not tickling so that you have access to their body. Yes. But the guy in 10 years or yes. the girl in 15 years can weaponize that. Yes. I'm just – it's just jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often do you and I hear that in it's our normal. industry? Oh, that's yes. just – we're just joking. Right. Oh, you just called me a fat cunt. But, don't, like, don't take it so hard, Nelly. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. It's you're the st- menopause. You're hysterical, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, you're mean, <laughs> you know. All right, he's a 10 bat, so I want you to imagine you're on a date. Mm-hmm. Harley, bless. Yes. Let's assume it's someone else. Yes. You're on a date. He's gorgeous. There's good bands. You love it. Yeah. And then you go, oh, no. What would it be? On a date, all right, anyone who's rude to... The waiters, the waiters that's universal. Yeah, anyone, yep. Yes, okay, Out. that's pretty classic. Um, I must, if we're talking like really superficial yeah. physical stuff, Go on. any nose ring, I can't do it. Oh, I can't do a nose ring. Well, no, nose ring on the side is probably fine, but yeah. I'm like a, the, the bull ring. The, <laughs> the bull, I can't do the bull. What is it about the bull ring? I don't know. It's something viscerally that I've just like, I just, I can't stop thinking about it. I Who's can't the take hottest celebrity you can think of? Um,. Zac Efron, maybe? Zac Efron. So yeah. if Zac Efron's across the table from you <laughs> at Movida with a bull ring, are you literally going, no? Nah. <laughs> well, if it's Zac Efron, then it's a great story. Andre, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Put in a bit of casual racism. Well, you don't know. If it's Zac Efron, of course you stay. But I, I mean, so. if you're like everything, the juices are flowing. Yeah. I can't get past that bull ring. I guess it also matters in bed, like who's facing which way. <laughs> If I don't have to look at it, then maybe it can sort of work out. I reckon you'd get past it. Yeah, I've probably worked through those issues. Maybe I'm just thinking of a specific guy with a nose ring who was... You went nuts. Has some regrets about, Is there a particular personality trait that puts you off straight away? Like not listening, for example? Not listening is big. Um... I, a mega quirk is anyone who cannot admit when they are wrong. And mm. again, that's also pretty universal. But I think mm. um, having a level of sense of humor about yourself. In yes. Which, yes. In which, and there are some people I know, it's just nothing is ever their fault. Yes. Um, and I think that that's, that does quirk me. Also, and the if you world don't like is kids, happening to them. The world is happening to them. Yes. yes. Everyone else is an idiot. That yes. really annoys me too. Yes. Just the assumption of like, 
yes, nothing's my fault and yeah. everyone is doing everything wrong and I know more about this thing even though yeah. I just walked into this room and have, have no experience. Do you know what I hate? Again, you and I being sort of lefty types, I hate that particular lefty who is like waiting for you to fuck up. <laughs> You know, right. it's like they're literally like it's like they're hiding in the bushes, waiting for you to use the wrong word. Right. Yes. I'm very happy to be corrected. Yes. And I'm sure. happy to go. Oh, sorry, I got that wrong. Yes. But there's a certain personality that yes. is just like waiting to demonstrate that they knew better than you. Right. I'm Please out. Yeah, not into that. I'm out. I think not liking kids. It doesn't mean you want to have kids yeah. yourself, but to not be in some way charmed by mm. kids and. Delighted by their innocence and the magic of childhood. Oh, they're fabulous. Still pretty. I yeah. agree. That's different to wanting them yourself. Yes. You don't need to have, want them yourself. Yes. But. but when I meet someone who doesn't like kids or dogs, I'm sus. <laughs> it's fits I, I don't mind if they go, yeah, that kids aren't for me. I think that's great. Fine. Own that. Yep. But if they're like, oh, fucking kids are so annoying yes. and why they shouldn't be in the restaurant and why are they on flights? Yes. And it's like. Yeah, that's not. Because like the they're that, humans? Yes. Like, <laughs> A screaming kid on a plane. Yeah. It's like, oh, these fucking assholes. I'm like, they're probably having a terrible time they, trying to I guarantee comfort their child. Are. Yes. Because <laughs> I have been that mum. Yes, yes. And I'm that mum now that would just get up and go and say, do you want me to take that baby? Yeah. You know, like, because they need to be seen. Right. And not, like, seen in the side eye. Right. Like, it's no fun, especially if you're on your own. Yeah. With one or two or three kids. Totally. And you know everyone hates you. Yeah. Because they're upset. They've probably got a sore ear. Yes. You know, like, something's happened. <laughs> oh, calm down. Calm down. Calm your fucking farm. <laughs> they're, they're all good deal breakers. I think so. I, do I need something more um, petty? Oh, no. I think the nose ring's pretty petty. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't believe it. That's how petty it is. <laughs> I think if Harley came home tomorrow with a nose ring, you'd adjust. I'd probably make fun of him for it every single yeah. day. Yeah, no, you'd write a show about it. Yeah. But you wouldn't break up. <laughs> Oh, Tom Ballard, you've been our youngest guest. Oh, my gosh. But you are wise beyond your years. Thank you, dear Not Millie. sure where that came from. Yes. Um, thank you so much. I great teachers and mentors earlier oh, on. Oh, stop oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Except I didn't tell you not to fuck comedians, so I should have done that. <laughs> um, it's been a delight to have you. Will you come back? I would love to. Give sloppy seconds. Sloppy seconds, <laughs> listener calls, some letters. I'd love that. That'd be great. Yeah, bless. Thank you. Actually, while we're here, you're going to do Edinburgh soon. Yes. So we have quite a few listeners in the UK. Oh, what really? What are you doing? Awesome. Yes, my show, It Is Eyes, at the Edinburgh Fringe for the whole um, month of August, pretty much, yep. at the Monkey Barrel. And I'm doing five shows at the Soho in London in September. Oh, beautiful. I've done a show at the Soho. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, people And then come on later in. in the year for Australia. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And listeners, are you touring around? What are you doing? What's next? Uh, at the moment, the only thing I booked in in... October at the Melbourne Fringe, I'm doing yeah. my show Yes, No, which is all about the referendum or the history of referendum in this yes. country ahead of the actual referendum we're having to change the constitution. Yeah. Um, that's all I got locked in at the moment. Yeah, nah. 
Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Yeah or nah? What do you reckon? And, of course, we can watch you in Deadlock. on. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Prime Video. Prime Video. Are they the same thing? Uh, They have a deal going on, I think. Yeah, because I think I watch it on Paramount+. Paramount Plus, yes. They do have some kind of widow deal, but it's a Prime Video production. But Deadlock, it's a fabulous Australian... I was going to say it's Scandi Noir, but it can't be Scandi because it's Australian. Australian Noir. It's inspired by Scandi Noir. It's like a crime thriller, (laughs) but you play actually a very funny... Sweet character. Yes, a terrible cop. Highly nice reckon. But terrible cop, but one where you go, I wouldn't be scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nice vibe for a cop. Yeah. So thank you so much, Tom Ballard, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Nelly. Bye. Love you. Love Bye. you, too. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of a lot to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to ACAST and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.